0: Welcome to the Apex Anthologies podcast. I'm your host, Phil Foster Day. Life and being on mission can be crazy. So our prayer is that the Apex Anthologies podcast gives you a moment to breathe, sit at dad's feet, learn a little bit more about Jesus, and let his spirit comfort you. In today's episode, we'll be talking about some practical and philosophical aspects of the growing and care teams be discussing things like the main goals in a care meeting,
1: whoever I'm with and talking with could move past sin management to get to the place where they know how much God loves them,
2: and even some wisdom for our house church shepherds. Jesus must be the leader. That means that you follow his leading, and it's not about programs or things like that. It's about joining him in his work.
0: Let's dive in. We have three guests on the podcast today Sue McCoy, Chad Osborne, and Jason Zastro. Let's start off with an easy question Uh, Who are you and what do you do at Apex?
1: Yeah, hi, Philip. I'm Sue and um, I'm the care coordinator here at Apex. And a little bit about myself I've been married, it'll be 36 years in August. I've got three adult kids and five little grandbabies. And I love change. <laughs> and, <laughs> and God's given me a lot of change in my life, mm. change in location where we've lived, um, lots of change um, in professions. Mm. And I'm just excited every day I have a lot of change in my job. <laughs> so it's great.
3: Good. Chad, what about you? Well, I'm Chad. <laughs> and my title on staff here is the Growing Team Associate, which means I'm associated with the Growing Team. <laughs> yeah, uh, So I've, I've spent years here doing student ministry, uh, but just recently transitioned to the Growing Team just to kind of help... Um, just in just the creation Mm. and the editing of uh resources which we'll of course talk about um later on in the podcast but just be a help to the growing team and uh i'm also on the preaching rotation Mm. um and so um i'm actually uh i'm bivocational. Mm. i I work not only here at apex but i'm also a massage therapist here in the dayton area i do uh, house calls so uh, i stay i stay pretty busy yeah Mm. um i live in east dayton with my wife hunter and our Four children. Uh, They're not as old as Sue's children. uh, (laughs) So seven, five, three, and uh, I think four months. So cool. Yeah.
2: My name is Jason Zasher. I'm the growing team lead here at Apex. Uh, The growing team, and we'll get a little bit more into this later, but basically we're here to serve the house churches, to equip them, to resource them, uh, and to help people discover discipleship uh, through life together uh, in in these things that we call house churches. Um, I'm a native Daytonian, um, born and raised here. Um, Got away to Chicago for a few years for grad school. Um, but as somehow always, uh, Dayton pulls you back in, <laughs> uh, which is great. I love it here. Um, uh, and my family is all within a five minute drive for me. I'm, um, an uncle to, uh, uh one nephew and three nieces. Uh, we're a really tight family. Um, actually my dad and my sister have both previously been on staff at Apex. So now it's. Kind of my turn. It's a
0: family affair. It's
2: a family affair. Uh, And yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I do here. Cool. Uh,
0: Can you guys just give me a broad overview of how discipleship takes place at Apex through the growing team and the care ministries?
1: Yeah, through the care ministry, um, discipleship takes place a lot of one-on-one in care meetings. Mm -hmm. So every time I meet with somebody, we are typically... Talking about their life struggles and how God can help them, mm-hmm. and so um, there's a lot of discipleship and and growth that I get to see happen in in uh, men and women's lives, which is really exciting. Yeah. And then I can share, you know, my own experience too with people. And then with the training um, care teams in the past, there was discipleship among each other, and then also they were then. Able to go out and disciple other
2: people, yeah, yeah. You know, discipleship is taking place in all the major ministries here at Apex. Um, we've gone over this. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that we have a gathering ministry, a growing ministry, a going ministry, um, and uh, each of those encompass discipleship. Our FM. Does discipleship, as Sue just shared, does discipleship. What's special about the growing team, though, is that we are given the special task of helping um, empower, like I said, our house churches in their activity of doing discipleship and these tiny little communities and these families, these kingdom communities that are spread out through the Dayton region. Mm -hmm. And so um, we'll get a little bit more into detail about this later. Um, but, you know, whether you are a brand new baby disciple, follower of Jesus Christian, or you've been around the block and you are a, an old dog that has trouble learning new tricks, uh, we're there for you. Yeah. Um, and, and we're, we're always uh, constantly learning. Um, we use this language here and we'll use this again as we chat. But discipleship is moving from unbelief to belief in every area of life, mm-hmm. especially as what the unbelief is, is not trusting uh, who God is mm-hmm. or what he has done, as we see revealed in scripture in Christ's life. Uh, and so to move into trusting uh, that God really uh, is those things that he says he is, mm-hmm. and he really has done those things. Mm. Sue? So,
0: Uh, Why don't you just give us, I I, I see you walking around the building. I'm the tech guy at Apex, (laughs) and so I see you walking around the building, but I don't really even know. What's just an average day look like for you?
1: Sure. Yeah, I walk around the building because I sit so much (laughs) on my average day that I have to get up and walk, because that is one thing I don't like, sitting. Um, But an average day would look like there's lots of, I do my own scheduling Mm. for when people come in to see me, so there's a lot of scheduling, rescheduling. Um, emails um, to people but typically I meet with someone or a couple for an hour at a time and um, what I love about it is every hour is unique Mm -hmm. because each person's issues are unique and it's a chance to hear their life story Um, I do a lot of talking with people um, about how the mind works Mm -hmm. and that Uh, feelings come after thoughts Mm. it's not the other way around you know a Mm. lot of people will say I feel this way but I have no idea why Mm. and so we talk a Mm. lot about how the mind works and how that plays into what's going on in their life Um, I listen to a lot of their struggles Mm. and so I'd say probably I hope it's more like three-quarters listening and one-quarter of me talking so that I'm getting an accurate picture of them Um, But I also really get to speak hope and um, God's love into people's lives. Mm
0: -hmm. What would you say, like, is a a big goal that you have when you meet with somebody? What's the main goal?
1: Oh, well, if I had to say I had a main goal, it would be that um, whoever I'm with and talking with could move past sin management to get to the place where they know how much God loves them, Mm. how much they're loved. And that will make a big difference in their life. Mm. So that would be a big overall goal of mine. Mm, That's good.
0: Jason, can you maybe describe how the growing
2: philosophy of ministry evolved into what it is today? Yeah, man. Um, So when, when we think of growing, right uh, again, what that has typically meant is this and, and continues to mean is our house church environment and how we support them. And, um, We have always, since day one of doing house churches, offered varying types of equipping and resources before Apex made that shift from kind of being a traditional model to decentralizing and becoming a more missional model. Um, We had classes and we had uh, uh, various trainings and things like that, you know, Uh, but they weren't necessary. It was just kind of for you as an individual disciple. Mm. Um, As we began to make the transition into doing house churches, we began to do more trainings um, specifically with and for house church shepherds. Um, In the past, uh, we've had conferences in which we've brought, you know, leading thinkers in this way of doing and being the church in um, we would have quarterly trainings that we would invite house church shepherds to. Um, so a lot of what we've done from the beginning, we're still doing today. The difference is, I think, um, by God's grace and providence as he's orchestrated all of this, is the intentionality with which we're doing it. And so it's not just that we're doing you know, a training. I know even in my own time. When I first came onto staff six or seven years ago, it was, um, oh, people need to learn about the Bible. And so we had a Bible class, right? And it wasn't ever intended to take away from a house church. It was built for house church shepherds and we were teaching them Bible study methods and things like that. But, um, you still ended up getting people who were joining these classes and not necessarily joining a house church. Um, as we evaluated more and more what was working as well as what was foundational for me was looking into what does discipleship look like in the new Testament. Mm -hmm. And we answered part of that question. When we started house churches, we would look at acts chapter two, everyone sharing everything in need Uh, I mean, everything in common, and then there was no need. Uh, They were praying together. Uh, They were breaking bread together. They were gathering in the temple uh, regularly together, and they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and and prayer. I mentioned prayer already. Um, So there was that aspect of them gathering together in these smaller communities, and we began to do that. But as you look at, say, the book of Luke and Acts, Um, as you look at how Paul uh, trains up people, there is an intentional generational approach. Hmm. And um, that became the building blocks for what would become what we called discipleship pathways. I had a mentor of mine, a teacher um, in in grad school, uh, seminary, opportunity in Chicago a guy named Craig Ott and he wrote a book called uh, Global Church Planting in which what he did was he looked at church planting movements what we mean by that is many disciples being made raising up leaders who are then going out and planting new churches mm-hmm. and he just did a huge study of all these church planting movements taking place currently in the world India, China, South America, even some here in America, Europe. And he evaluated what were the common elements and the building blocks that led to that. And at the foundational level, so imagine a pyramid, and at the first level is a, uh, is disciples, multiplying disciples. And then at the second level is those disciples gathered into communities, And then at the third level is communities raising up servants within that community to help guide them. And then at the fourth level is that community sending out servants into new areas to plant new communities where communities don't exist yet. Church planting is the task of creating Christ communities where there aren't any yet. So that's what we're after. We're after multiplication at all those levels. And so that's what discipleship pathways is, is we want to create resources for you, no matter where you're at in your walk with Christ to help you get from point A to point B. Mm. So with the first level, a new disciple, that's, uh, and Chad will share more about this in a second, But that's for the person that does not know Jesus yet or is a baby Christian and they just need uh, the foundations of what it means to be a disciple. And then we move them into community, right? That second level. This is the maturing disciple. So wanting them to get connected into a house church and resourcing house churches with uh, tools in which they can study, um, better understand the narrative scripture and study scripture and not just that, but we're writing our own materials because a lot of the materials out there, they are typically just focused on me and God as opposed to me, my participation in God's family and our participation as a family on mission in the world. And then the third level, the equipping disciple is what we're doing with the equipping community taking our current leaders and taking them through a process in which they can uh, rediscover the gospel for themselves Mm. in ways that are easy uh, and and, and relatable and transferable and not bogged down. Mm. So we're trying to make these things as lightweight as possible. Mm. And then through that, new leaders are being raised up. We're already seeing it in this current equipping community new raisers, leaders being raised up, and then they're sent out to go and plant new house churches and new places. Cool. So um, Jason mentioned it, but
0: Chad, can you just dive in a little bit deeper into what a new believer is uh, going to be doing in this discipleship pathway?
3: Yeah, I would say it's for, um, like like Jason said, someone who doesn't know Jesus or somebody who's just getting to know Jesus or someone, I I would even say, someone who just needs a refresher course. I th- I think that even... Um, like what Jason said, those old dogs, (laughs) the the old dogs who can't learn new tricks. I I think that's not a reference to age. No, no. (laughs) By no means I feel like an old dog. Um, no, I think even, um, even they can benefit from that because, um, just kind of taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture of things. So the first level is, um, a, um, something we call foundations, which is um, both a class and also just uh, just study material that we are currently writing and editing. Um, and, and the big idea there is to teach the story of God, the, the, just the story of the Bible, um, but in such a way that tells us, um, focuses in not just on like a bunch of random things that happened in history, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but zeroes in on who God is. And, and from there allows us to ask the question, well, well, who am I? And so we're asking, like, identity formation. Um, And with that, informing, of course, so now how do I get to live? Hmm. Um, And so it really is at this level of um, understanding God and who I I am in light of uh, who God is. And so we do that through the story of God. Hmm. So that's for... New
0: believer or somebody that's winning a refresher course yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. What about somebody that, you know, they've gone, they've taken foundations. What happens next?
3: Yeah. Next is what, what would, I think Jason referred to as level two. Yeah, um, so a maturing disciple. Yeah. So we have, we're developing what will be house church resources, but we'll also be a class here as well. Uh, in both old Testament and new Testament classes mm-hmm. to whereas foundations is a, you know, 10,000 foot view kind of fly by the, the big story here. We dive a bit deeper into just getting into a bit more of the nitty gritty of each of the stories. Um, even giving a lot more, I would call cultural context. And I think those things are important because I think it gives us a, a fuller picture. Um, keeps us from reading the Bible just with 21st century Western mm-hmm. eyes. And, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff, but like Jason said, it's um, incorporating the community aspect of it and, and to be able to study. God's Word was always meant to be studied as a community, yeah. and, and I think we can learn from each other um,
2: in that sense. And with those, this, these what we're calling house church studies, um, discipleship pathway studies, um, they, they those when I mentioned before, like when I came on staff, you know, had this question of, how do we do the leadership development and training? Oh, I'll do what I was taught, which is you know take classes. Mm. and um, learning that that's not necessarily the best approach. Again, not to throw classes under the bus, but adults learn on a need- to- know basis. We are experiential learners. And so what we did was we took the materials from the classes and put them are putting them into a book format. With mm. perhaps even additional resources um, or, or or mediums in which that material can be digested, so that you can go through it in your community, yeah. And the questions that are going to be coming out of it aren't just, you know, tell me what verse fourteen says, mm-hmm. right? But how would you live out mm. this truth that you are learning, not just as your for yourself, but with your community? and for God's glory in the life of the world. Hmm, That's good. Um, With that, to go into the other part of this kind of maturing level, you have to get connected to one of these house churches. Hmm. And so um, we do our house church connection um, uh, two ways here, actually three ways. One is just a natural connection. Um, We have a lot of people who are involved in house churches who um, came because of a friend um because of a family member who invited them in um but then we have a lot of other people who have come because they've attended a gathering mm-hmm. um they've heard about house churches and they've expressed interest in joining one and so those ways of getting the more formal ways of getting involved you can go uh to our website and there's a little button that says join a house church click that put in the information and that goes to a person that we have on staff that helps connect you. It takes about two to three weeks, so be patient with it. Um, or you can also, on any of our programs, there's a tear-off in which it says, I'd ha- like to have more information about joining a house church. And you can put in your personal information, and we'll send you uh, some next steps. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so the resources that are there, but even just getting involved in a house church, uh, it's hmm. it's pretty simple, Um And again, just real quick, these house churches, so you are aware if you're listening to this and you're curious about joining one, our house churches are not based around demographics. Um, That's what small groups do. Hmm. So you have older men or younger men's small groups or older women's younger women's small groups or youth small group or something like that. House church attempts to live out unity and diversity together. So we try to connect people around geography hmm. because typically you'll have in most areas a level of diversity there. Um, and so you'll have singles and married and kids and no kids hmm. and everything in between. And uh, uh, um, and so that's what's there. So be, be prepared for that. Um, and we'll help you through that process if you go through the connecting process.
0: Hmm.
2: So uh, you're... Start off, you're a new believer. You go
0: through foundations. And second, you get involved in a house church and you maybe take some, a few classes and read some books. <laughs> uh, the, what's the third thing? You're done, then you're done.
3: Then you're done. Jesus yeah. is coming back yeah. after
0: that.
2: <laughs> and I want to I add to, with that second level, before moving on to the third yeah. level, books, resources are great, but the house church itself is a discipleship tool. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you guys this. What has, I'll throw one back on you, Philip, because you're answering and asking questions because answering them. (laughs) How has House Church helped you in your discipleship? Yeah, I mean, I think that House Church
0: has completely changed how I've even viewed what discipleship is uh, to the point that I, I would think that it was just, you know, I have to go through a book of the Bible or some sort of study thing to be able to do discipleship. And now I see it as I'm doing life with people and sh- seeing how God is moving and, and changing us uh, and kind of intentionally, uh, working through that with other people. Um, and so I think house church has been a huge thing for me, especially, uh, kind of what our house church is super diverse in terms of age. Uh, and that's been incredible for me, uh, personally in my walk, just to have older, older guys and older women to say, Hey, here's what, uh, here is how what I've been through, and how you can, you know, better serve your wife or uh, not kill your dog because he's annoying. <laughs>
2: just uh, for everything and everything in between. So it's been house church has been awesome. One of the things that kind of going back to discipleship taking place in house church. Um, so I was on the phone call the other night a coaching call with one of our house church shepherds, and she just laid down some really great wisdom. I am going to share this real quick. The first thing that we learn about. In house church, is that you get to be real. Mm. You get to be real with one another. Um, when we're more transparent, obviously a lot of growth happens. The second thing is, Jesus gets to be present. His presence must be felt when you walk into my house, she says. She asks for his presence. He is the one who makes a difference, and that's what matters most. Number three is, you get to be vulnerable. People know I don't have all the answers. We don't know all the answers, but we come to Jesus together for those answers. Number four is Jesus must be the leader. Um, That means that you follow his leading. Mm -hmm. And it's not about, you know, programs or things like that. It's about joining him in his work. And number five is you get to keep going on. Because you love each other and are committed to one another, um, you stay faithful. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, uh, the reason I bring that up is I think that that's really important because we've talked a lot about programs and stuff that we're doing, mm-hmm. but without necessarily talking about the essence of the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what we're after. We're about living life together in order that we can love one another. And that's what Jesus says is it's through your love for one another that the world will know that you are my disciples and that the father has sent me mm-hmm. Fifty nine, sixty, I think, times love one another's or one another's of some way, shape, or form show up in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. That said, we forget that. Mm -hmm. And we are always prone to revert back into our old ways where it's just comfort and cozy. And so that's why we have the equipping community. Mm -hmm. And so in the equipping community, which is part of that third level, the maturing disciple, we we retake our house church shepherds through the basics first themselves of how do I grow in my identity as a disciple, and we the the equipping community is a two year process and it begins uh, every uh, it begins with a an immersion which is a two day kind of intensive not just teaching but training and coaching followed up by six months of coaching on a. Weekly or bi weekly basis for you to process and begin to live out everything that you learned at the first immersion. And so the first immersion was about discipleship and gospel fluency. The second immersion is about family on mission, house church life together on mission. So we explore what that means, make plans, uh, seek the Lord, and then go out and live that out for the next six months with a coach. Mm-hmm. The third one is about leadership development. How do we identify and raise up uh, leaders? And then the fourth one is about movement. How do we take those leaders and send them out to reproduce new communities? Mm -hmm. And the goal then is to saturate uh, the Dayton area and beyond with these Jesus communities, with these house churches, uh, so that um, it might be true that God's, uh, the Father's will and that heaven and earth would be one.
0: Hmm. Uh, what would you guys say maybe to a person that hears the discipleship pathway and says this feels a little bit overwhelming? Um, what kind of response would you have to that?
3: I think of the old sports cliche, one game at a time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> one game at a time, one step at a time. You know, And I'm reminded of our recent series we had on the fruit of the spirit and talking about growth and how... I appreciate the Bible's um botanical language when it comes to growth um or plant language cuz you don't just like see a tomato grow before your eyes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like over a few days you might begin to see like a little buds of it and then eventually uh it's not something you um see it's something that you get to measure over time and so yeah don't be overwhelmed don't don't think that you need to get to you know level 3 by next weekend <laughs> you know just take uh, just yeah, if, if you feel led to it, take the one just the one step. What can you? What's one thing you can do today, or one thing you can do this week? Mm. Uh, what can you begin to be um, in process with? And that's why I like the the phrase pathways, because mm. I mean everyone everyone's somewhere on the pathway.
0: Yeah,
3: um, and sometimes we we could take two steps forward and three back, you know. But uh, we uh, the growing team wants to meet you where where you are on the pathway and, and help you to. Keep uh chugging ahead, you know, even one step at a time. Yeah. Uh so we obviously
0: we heard from Sue at the very beginning here about the care team and you guys about what's going on the
3: growing team.
0: So how do these really fit together? What's what's going on there?
2: So the way these things fit together is um, you know, we do a lot of care within the life of the house church. We just shared that. You shared that when you were describing you know, older men, older women coming alongside you and teaching you how not to kill your dog and love your wife. Um, (laughs) The old dogs. (laughs) So there's a lot of care and gospeling that's already taking place within the house church. And we reteach those same kind of care techniques within the equipping community to remind shepherds how to do that. That said, we recognize that there are sometimes issues that are a bit bigger than what we can handle. And it may need someone who's been around the block a few more times. And so that's why we have Sue, (laughs) uh, as well as our elders, you know, to do that kind of shepherding um, for for folks. Mm -hmm. I know I've benefited from that. Our house church went through something um, a couple iterations back, but, you know, a very, very severe, you know, trauma. I don't know how to describe it um, without getting into detail because there's personal stuff. And we were able to bring it before the care team mm. and, you know, they were help, a, there to help us walk through it. Um, Sue uh, sat down with uh, one of the persons that was involved uh, that was causing com- some of the commotion and, and helped gospel her. Mm. Um, you know, it didn't necessarily resolve perfectly at all, <laughs> but we all learn more about God through that process. Yeah.
1: I'm happy to be a resource for that. Um... And anybody can contact me. I can give my email address if you want. It's susan.mccoy at apexcommunity.org. And I would just reiterate what Jason said. Um, I think we we work together also in that a lot of times, whoever comes through my office, I always find out what house church they're in. Mm. And it's been very enlightening to see and to hear stories about how whatever community they've been in has helped them on their journey. Mm. And also, at times, they have brought a situation in that they really should share with their house church for support. Mm. And so I'll encourage them, go back to your Mm. house church. At least let your house church shepherds know you're going through this Mm. because they can be a support for you. So there's a lot of mutual... um, really just discipling going on between the two, the, the different areas. Yeah.
3: Do you ever get to interact with house church leaders?
1: I do sometimes. I've had house church leaders come in and talk about, um, some situations that they're going through and I'm happy to be a resource, um, to help them with that at any time. Yeah.
0: How would one actually get involved into a house church? I think, Jason, you sort of mentioned it, but maybe if you can, guys can get into a little bit more detail, that'd be awesome.
2: Yep. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're somewhere out in the Dayton region um, and uh, you're not you know, at Apex's gatherings or you're attending Apex's gatherings, go to apexcommunity.org. And on that front page, there will be a, a little button with a house on it. Um, and you can click that button. It's I think just like a quarter way down the page and it will tell you more about what we believe about discipleship and how we do that through house churches and have a, a, a form that you can fill out with your information. It takes about two to three weeks to get connected. Um, uh, so We have someone on staff who takes care of that. Uh, and that's, that recognize that we're working with volunteers. All of our shepherds are non-paid. And so um, you know, you could have the staff person who connects, you know, connects you. But you know, because we're all busy and we're all kind of have huge lives and things like that, uh, we really try to encourage our shepherds to be quick and 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 timely in the response. But um, just setting you up for the fact that you know sometimes it doesn't always happen that way. Um, and so we apologize in advance for that. Um, but we will be following up from a staff perspective with you throughout that entire process. Uh, and, um, so yeah, you can do that by going to that website or you can get a a tear off from one of our programs and put in your information and there's a little box you can check that says I'm interested in getting involved in the house church. Cool. We
0: obviously, we have gatherings and we have house church. There are some house church movements that don't have a formal gathering of sorts. Um, so let's just start off with, like how do, how do these coexist? How does a, a house church and a gathering coexist?
3: I like to think of um, a gathering as, if we talk about house churches as families, the gathering is like a family reunion mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> of a lot of people, of like second and third cousins, yeah. and you're all sharing... <laughs> Uh, deviled eggs together, you know. <laughs> and so, um, but that's yeah. And so I think of it as just like a celebration of mm. the house churches coming together. So I think it's it's just valuable to remind yourself of, hey, there are other house churches out there. So it's good to be connected because mm. you maybe maybe you can connect with another house church that's going through something similar, or just to get encouragement and and just to worship together, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. through both music and as well as just uh, the sermon and all the elements of that most traditional churches. Probably have, but we just kind of, I guess, think of those things in a different, uh, in a different way. We don't call what we do church, yeah, as much as being the church and mm. doing that as house churches. So
2: one of my favorite things about the gatherings is it really is that family reunion. You know, having gone through multiplication several times now, I get to see people on the weekends mm. that I used to be in regular deep community with. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's a heartbreak. That mm-hmm. happens when you multiply. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's ever been through mul- tica- multiplication knows that it's tough, but it's necessary. Mm. Healthy things grow, and eventually the kids move out of the parents' house, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the nice part is we have a big, bigger house, <laughs> you know, that we can all come to and and still see each other. Yeah, That's good. yeah. I'm really going to go off the cuff here, so we
3: might have to edit this.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: But but I was having this conversation earlier. Oh, if, if we really do view it as family, like as house church, as family and coming to the gathering as family reunions, my hope is that would fight uh, a consumerism yeah. that I think is just so dangerous of like, uh, if you're not, if you're not getting like the quality of like, um, whatever's in it for you from a gathering. Well, I mean, I mean, look, this is family, mm. you know, yeah. th- th- that we have to think that first or else we can really easily get caught up in a consumer mentality. Mm.
2: But, and I completely agree with everything that you're saying. Wanting to give grace though to, uh, to the people who attend our gatherings and may not attend a house church yet. Um, We would empower you to get involved. A lot of us end up feeling like, and I know this is what happened for me in my first years at Apex. I sat up in the balcony, you know, in the back away from everyone because I was deeply hurt by the church that was part of my story. Mm-hmm. And I just needed to heal. Um, I wish that I would have paid attention to the spirit's calling to join a house church a little bit more quickly. Um, it was actually kind of cool. I shared a little bit about my house church experience before, um, actually not before on <laughs> the recorded, next podcast, yeah, we recorded, we recorded it before. <laughs> um, in which I was part of a church plant that became a house church that got brought into Apex. Um, But that slowly dissolved. And before I joined another one, I used that time just to, to heal. There's a lot of people that come to Apex who have been burned by the church in the past Mm. and just need that time to heal. So, so take that time. I would empower you though uh, that the healing actually is so much better and 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 even quicker when you're doing it with brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I
3: I think I hope that our gatherings or our family reunions, I think, hopefully, we're communicating something along the lines of like inviting people to a table, yeah. you know, inviting them to this feast, inviting them to like, hey, it's this is good.
2: We want you to come along with you know, join us at our this table. Yeah, you know? and so you know. Are you a bad Christian if you only go to the gatherings or if you only go to a house church? Um, I'll say this. There are no technically bad Christians (laughs) if we all have the fullness of Christ's justification for us now and in the future. Um, We are all loved deeply, deeply by the Father, uh, even if we don't realize how deep his love goes for us. And so just remind yourself of that. Um, you're not a super Christian if you're involved in a house church. If you think that you're involved in a house church, or if you ever use guilt to, in, you know, to get someone involved in a house church, yeah. that's not the point. Mm-hmm. You know, that sets a, up a very bad foundation, mm. um, as opposed to love, loving people into the family, loving people into that. And so, hopefully, you don't hear from us when we empower people to join a house church that you're getting guilted into it. But we will say that there's a lot of fun to be had mm-hmm. and a lot of pain, a lot of <laughs> sorrow, mm-hmm. conflict, but God meets us in those places and uses that with each other to grow and become more like him. Yeah. Yeah. How would you guys like to
0: just encourage our house churches? What's a, what's a way that you'd like to encourage them right now?
1: I'd like to encourage, um, house church shepherds just to, uh, to keep, on doing what they're doing because they are really making a huge difference in a lot of people's lives, mm-hmm. and um, I think if they sometimes they don't probably hear the story from people about what they've meant to them, mm. um, but I've heard it before, mm-hmm. and so and I know it's made a difference in in lives and um, how people are able to walk through struggles that they have. I'd also like to um, encourage house church shepherds, from my from what I do, I'd like to encourage them to be on the lookout for men and women in their house church that exhibit um, certain characteristics and qualities that would make for someone. Um, sorry, make someone. Uh, a good caregiver, mm. so that they can have designated people in their house church that, when they have an issue come up, they can say, "Oh, over here, you know, um, I know Sandy is excellent at working with women yeah. who are struggling with this issue." Mm. And some of the um, qualities I I think they need to look for in someone that could do that would be uh, discernment. The person should have wisdom. They should be able to keep confidences. Mm. Um, they should have integrity, and they should be especially good at asking probing questions. Mm. So, I would just encourage our house church shepherds to be on the lookout for that. To actually um, use, you know, use people in their house church that yeah. are gifted in that. Because people, when they're gifted in something, they want to be used. Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I. What comes to mind, and this is building off of what Sue shared, but Hebrews 23 through 25 let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm-hmm. And so just Stuff that's in there that I see is hold fast.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hold fast. We have a hope. Peter describes that hope in First Peter as undefiled, undiminished, and unfading and heaven kept for us. Remember that He is faithful. Mm-hmm. It's not about your faithfulness or faithlessness. He's faithful through it all. And out of that, because he is faithful let us stir one another to love and good works if if you're experiencing disunity uh, or division in your house church right now i would encourage you take it to the lord mm-hmm. take it to the lord in prayer bring others in that can help you with that because disunity robs us from the ability to live out love and good works mm-hmm. which is how the world knows who god is and don't neglect to meet together Mm. so often we think about meeting together we have to have everyone there
0: yeah
2: right no you don't (laughs) so so you because we can turn it into this big night right you know say you're a house church of 15 and only three people are able to meet and you guys aren't you know willing you know ready or wanting to put a meal together that's okay you know, still get together, encourage each other, pray for one another, you know, don't neglect to meet together. Um, and then in that continue to, like we just said, encourage each other all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's just a way of saying, so long as it's today, encourage each other.
3: Yeah. Jason, with you just, uh, just now talking about disunity, um, I think about this the the fact that how how hard we can hold grudges sometimes but but the truth of the matter is is that if God could remedy the gap between us and him <laughs> through the cross of Jesus, the gap between us and others is much it might be there, but it's much shorter mm, you know okay. it's not as far as a gap as between us and God so for God to build mm-hmm. that bridge between us and him, he can certainly build that gap between us and 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 each other and mm-hmm. so. That's one thing I'm encouraged by. And th- but then I think about, I'm, I'm so encouraged by just the group um, of the, the, the original 12, the, the, the apostles, the disciples that Jesus had. And what a mixed bag they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he picked fishermen. Uh, <laughs> but he also picked uh, tax collectors who were essentially um, uh, in cahoots with Rome. But then he also picked zealots like like Simon the Zealots, who were r- rebels against Rome. So you pick two guys really from a
2: political spectrum, yeah. and you mash them up together. Yeah, he picked every everyone that should be enemies.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. who
2: and he made his disciples exactly. And why? So So
3: yeah. So think about that. So why did he t- pick these kind of people together? Because. Jesus wants every kind of person (laughs) Mm -hmm. and because he is the one who is able to unify them. Mm -hmm. Like we said, he is a, and he was just like able to unify Jew and Gentile, Mm -hmm. right? So he unifies people through, uh, through the blood of his cross. Um, so that's my encouragement for house churches is be unified in Jesus, because if he could do that with his original disciples, he's not quitting that 2000 years later. Yeah. Um, but I also think of like the weakness of the disciples. We see these guys just get it wrong over and over. Uh, and uh, I think that's just kind of where I've been lately. And just thinking through just different characters of scripture, scripture, how unqualified we are. Mm. Um, but yet he uses these, like I usually, I, I usually call the disciples virtual high school dropouts <laughs> <laughs> and, and he used them to turn the world upside down. Yeah. You know, he unleashed them. He empowered them to turn the world upside down. He's, and, and Jesus is not quitting mm. in, in that business. He's very much, um, he's very much uh, still working in that in that
2: method. So own that you're a fool, so that he can be wise. Yes, mm-hmm. that it's his wisdom that's on display through our foolishness. Mm. We will fail, you will fail, and grace is there to catch you. It's not a question of if, but when. I don't know who I got this from, but fail forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're failing forward.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you guys for meeting with us and, and talking through things. Uh, you guys have been a blast to chat with, and uh, hopefully people will feel uh, like they they kind of get what the growing and care ministry is now. Uh,
2: we're not scary. <laughs> we're not scary. <laughs> Come do our things. I'm scary. I'm scary. Chad's pretty tough. <laughs>
0: Apex's mission is to make and multiply disciples with the gospel of Jesus Christ through the power of the Spirit. We envision God using every Apexer to join his disciple-making movement in reaching the greater Dayton area and unreached people groups around the world. If you'd like to learn more about us, go to apexcommunity.org. If you enjoyed what you heard today, make sure to subscribe. For more stories and future episodes, visit apexanthologies.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Apex Community. By the way, it would be so helpful if you rated our podcast using the Apple Podcasts app. That helps us show up on the search feed and gives us a chance for new listeners. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at podcasts at apexcommunity.org. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.